This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus-Cheek and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode, that's right, of the London is Blue podcast. It is the Thanksgiving week holiday edition of our mailbag. We have done this for a couple years running now, yeah. Nick, and... Look, Brandon is traveling when we're trying to record this one today. He's a victim to what we try to have this episode be the solve for, which is giving people something to do during their travels to friends, family, loved ones. Uh, so we we thought that, you know, uh, Joe, who's a, a member of our family, should uh, mm. join us at the table this year mm. to help digest some of those mailbag questions that wonderful listeners, both on Chelsea-related and non-Chelsea-related topics, have brought to the table for us to examine. Now, we, we know that Joe is... It's not a red-blooded American like we are, and uh, <laughs> and thus some of these Thanksgiving-laden questions, uh, particularly around food items and such, may be uh, not in his wheelhouse. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring him along for a virtual Thanksgiving today, and uh, <laughs> and then we're gonna get to some of the more important questions, like what is the order of Daniel Craig's Bond series? <gasps> Ooh, I have okay. thoughts. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the Thanksgiving stuff I'm actually looking forward to. I, I might be like the unofficial judge, so I, I want Nick and Dan to like present their favorite things, and then I will try and give a, an oh, objective okay. opinion. All right. So obviously, as somebody who probably knows what sort of food kind of they're talking about, I will try and give an objective opinion on what is the best from a British perspective. There we go. Well, that, this is a good way to do it. We'll start off though with a Chelsea-related question because that's what the people are typically here for. With Tanner dropping, you rate the yellow kit, which we are recording this of the day of the Leicester City domination, where we just saw the away kit this year for the first time on the men's team, and rank, ranking it against the other three sponsored kits. Nick, where Oof. where does this rate for you? I mean, you you definitely have a, a different opinion sometimes on on kits and their I, ranking. Yeah, I mean, look, I. I thought it looked great on TV today. Uh, we're recording this shortly after the Leicester match review. I thought it looked phenomenal, and you know, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I I generally like a weird and or ugly and or retro kit more than any of the the newer stuff. So I actually got the third kit this year, which I think is is kind of sharp, and uh, I like that one a lot. But it's only because I really I'm wearing a yellow shirt right now, the one from a couple seasons ago. But I can't really pull off yellow. I don't have the complexion for it so um i thought it looked good but i'm I'm more of a third kit guy myself the the ugly it's like an ugly delicious shirt that's why i like the pink one last year it's why i bought all the weird ones i don't know i'm just a little a little different than most joe where 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 do you sit on this uh this divide this kit divide (laughs) that has widened over time with people loving the ugly and embracing the difference as nick verlaney is doing or do you have a more traditional traditionalist view of it yeah so i am i'm generally of the opinion that i'm quite traditional with chelsea kit colors i like the home kit to be as plain as possible and that is something that i personally like though a nice plain home kit the i think the the fa cup commemorative kit is one of the nicest chelsea kits i've seen um, and the first nike shirt actually as well the first nike shirt was was really really nice as well just nice and plain second kit for me always should be yellow or some sort of yellow kit i think that's just sort of again traditional chelsea colors third kit literally whatever they want to do i have no absolutely no qualms about it at all weirdly enough this season although i think the yellow kit is very smart i'm kind of with nick i like the third kit and it's partly i just think the color scheme's a bit out there but also i don't know if anybody has seen on the megasaur they have this uh those sort of colors in like a tracksuit that they do mm-hmm. and it's really really nice it's really really smart as well so 
I kind of like the weird cloudy pattern thing. I don't know really what the technical term is. Um, but that probably is, is the nicest for me. And then I would go that the away kit, so the yellow kit today. Again, really, really smart. I quite like the yellow and black. I think that's a nice color combination for Chelsea. Um, and then the, the home shot, I'm really not a big fan of. I, I One of them that, you know, I, it's nice to win trophies. Obviously, I'm not going to be turned down any trophies, but I'm hoping that we maybe swap the kit when we, when we, if we win a trophy in, in that particular home shirt. But yeah, I'm not a fan of that. But the other two kits I really do like, actually, now that I've seen them. I will, uh, we'll switch here to a, a, again, this is a Thanksgiving-related one from uh, Jesus, who's saying, stuffing or no stuffing? Stuffing. All the time, every day, I breakfast, lunch, and dinner stuffing. Are you are you kidding me? What are we What are we talking about stuffing? Fan, no fancy stuffing? Nick, or are you like a plain guy? Do you like your sort of fancy kind of uh, gastro kind of stuffings or anything and everything? I'll eat it out of a stovetop <laughs> box, and I will do the most fancy stuffing out of the bird that you can uh, concoct. Uh, cornbread stuffing, great. Have, I, have we talked good. about the the divide on people who? you know, want to force you to use the word dressing if you cook it outside the bird and stuffing when you cook it in. Cause like, that's technically, you know, why you would refer to it in a different manner. I just call it stuffing all the time. I think it's, of course you do. Yeah. It's, Cause you're not a, you're not an animal. Look, I, I think the, <laughs> like there is so much to argue about in this incredibly polarized world. We don't need another thing. Just call it whatever the hell you want and shut up about it. It's fine. But the point of this is uh, to Jesus over here, Probably not Jesus, Dan, <laughs> as, as referenced earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're waiting for, for you know, the, the next month's celebrations for that, I think. But um, I, I think <laughs> this is by far the best of the Thanksgiving accoutrement uh, is, is stuffing. G- uh, give me stuffing all day. Yeah, no question. It's a slam dunk. Uh, Chelsea Vision, specifically the Tweeds, wants to tee up. Who do you think our biggest rival is this season? And how can we beat them to the title? And like, I, I think I have an answer, which I already dropped on the Leicester City review. Go back and listen to that if you want to hear who I think our biggest rival is. But Joe, who, who's in your mind? Who's ours? Yeah, and, and a hint to listeners, Dan, it's a very ref- self-reflective answer mm. in terms of uh, mm. Dan's opinion there. Um, I still think that Liverpool, are once they get rolling, and I, the reason I say them above City is I think City without a recognised striker there will be games where they just kind of fail to really create that sort of level of, of quality chance that they have been. Um, whether Jesus or is it, uh, is it Torres, the guy they've got, um, they've got, they've got some Spanish guy up front as well, whose uh, name absolutely escapes me. Though, but uh, Torres, yeah. Yeah. Um, not, they're not really in the Aguero, you know, title winning class in terms of having that ability. Maybe again, you know, they, they could play well this season, but I don't fear them as much as I would when when Sergio Aguero was playing for for City. So, and I just think that Liverpool, certainly the way that, that Mohamed Salah is is playing this season, they have a a special player who's capable of winning football matches by himself and capable of scoring an absolute ton of goals. So maybe I, I would say Liverpool are probably the closest in in that respect. Um, hoping that they draw versus uh, Arsenal a bit later, but I would probably go Liverpool on that basis. But I would also say, in terms of the how can we beat them to the title? I mean, obviously the very sarcastic and literal answer is get more points than them. But I think in terms of the 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 way that we're playing, I think it's just keeping on the same trajectory. I think Tuchel is starting to 
find a style of play and a way of, of, of approaching matches that is getting us over that long-term problem that we've had where we seem to have this inability to break down defensive teams and not really create much. So I think once he, he figures that out on a regular basis, we're going to be a very difficult team to, to stop. And as you've seen, you know, our goal difference is insane at the moment. We seem to be putting multiple goals past people. When you can score two for a game and your defence doesn't really concede, it's always a good you know formula for, for a title-winning team. So long may that continue. Ooh, I like that. Uh, Nick, any thoughts? Do you, do you agree? Do you concur? I, I do concur uh, w- with Joe on, on Liverpool. Um, I think it the, the recipe is, is not that hard to figure out. It's just whether Chelsea can can pull it off with the slew of matches that we have and, you know, potentially missing Mendy for uh, AFCON, which is going to be difficult. You know, obviously that January, February period, if we come out of that January, February period unscathed, it's blouses. Oof. Love it. Okay. Well, uh, again, uh, bouncing back and forth between the topics, Tanner with the favorite piece of food on the plate for Thanksgiving. Uh, And then also actually specifically, Joe, have you been a part of any traditional American Thanksgiving uh you know you are a world traveler you're a traveled man it is possible you know i think that people want to know okay i'm going to i'm going to answer tana's question on the second part high but then i would very much like a presentation from dan and nick on their favorite items and then i think i will give some sort of judgment here and nick looks very much like he's going to deliver the, the knockout it's, blow there it's, um, it's my favorite holiday i love this holiday so much <laughs> I've not I've not been part of a, a Thanksgiving. I think actually I might invite myself to one of the gents next year for Thanksgiving just to experience it. So whoever will host me, I'm coming over for Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, and I don't know how offensive this is will be to Americans, but I've had a Thanksgiving sandwich that could be quite offensive that literally no. taking a Thanksgiving no. dinner and putting no. it in between two slices of bread. It's one of the best things you can do with your life. Okay, I, so uh, yeah, I've, I've yeah. had like the 5% of Thanksgiving. <laughs> I've had a Thanksgiving uh, sandwich, which was absolutely delicious. Um, so yeah, but no, I, I think... I want to like, ex- yeah, definitely want to experience it, but but probably maybe not in the UK. I've had like American friends sort of invite me for like semi kind of things, but if I was going to do it, I wanted to go big, so I want to go to like an actual traditional one. So yeah, now putting it back to the to the gents, um, favorite piece of food on the plate for Thanksgiving, and I'm assuming there's there's a quite a variety of things that you can pick from here. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to hear the arguments, and then I will try and come with some sort of uh, judgment. I'm looking in the script. Can we just build our? Can we build our ideal plate here and then select our our pick? Yeah, I, I like this. Yeah, I'm, we, yeah, 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 we can yeah, do a plate yeah, off. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, okay. Off. <laughs> uh, so look, I, I would say that at my house there there are a bunch of you know everyone does something different for Thanksgiving. So I, I think you know depending on where you are in the world, you might do turkey, you might do brisket, you might do fish, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat for the main protein is fine by me. I don't really have an issue with it. Uh, we do a turkey at our place. Uh, my mom does a wonderful turkey. Uh, somehow does, you know, it's not dry as hell because turkey's tough. Um, so definitely turkey, a uh, little bit of gravy on there just to keep everything together. Uh, we do mashed potatoes. We do stuffing. My mom does the best green bean casserole of all time. Uh, it is an undisputed champion. And if not for the stuffing, would be my favorite thing on the plate. Uh, we do cranberry sauce. And my mom started doing these, like, Brussels sprouts a couple of years ago. Ooh, okay. And, like, I'll tell you, it's a little off kilter for what we would normally do. But it's been a welcome addition to the, to the plating, for sure. Uh, and then, obviously pumpkin pie come on what are we what are we doing here right the, the <laughs> there the, there are going to be people that tell you that 
that pecan pie is an acceptable Thanksgiving treat. And those are people that you need to get out of your life immediately. They're just, they're not good for they're That's a bad influence, Dan, right there. Well, look, you can't, you can't quit me, Nick. And that's, uh, <laughs> you you're not going to get me out of your life that way. Uh, look, I, I think it's, it's a two meat situation. I, I think you, you have to oh, play both sides of the field there. I think the turkey most likely smoked. I think the smoked turkey mm. locks in the flavor with the brine. You got to make sure that you really get it going and give yourself enough opportunity to lock in all the moisture that you can because most heating methods just really dry that thing the hell out. So yeah. slow and low, get it done. And then ham. You got to have like a honey baked ham. You know, you got to get the glaze going. You got to get a little bit of that flavor because it just gives you a little diversity on the plate. You know, you got to embrace everything that you can there. I think stuffing, I'm a, I'm a two stuffing type of person. If I go to my mom's, <laughs> it's two different types of stuffing. The one in particular, though, is she'll make her own buttermilk biscuits, break them apart. So she makes the biscuits fresh. Come then on. There has to be like three pounds of bacon that also go in there with like thyme <laughs> and other things. It's incredible. Um, you have one that has like the apples and, you know, like the raisins in it. You know, this gives you a little kind of like freshness to it. that You don't necessarily need it, but it's nice. So, again, diversity. Uh, green bean casserole, I think, is, again, oh, it's a winner. A sweet potato with the mm. marshmallow topping. You know, so you get a little bit of that kind of sweet going mm. on in your plate, too. I, I can take the cranberry or leave it. Not necessarily... My favorite thing, I think it does have to be the canned varietal. Uh, I don't think it has to be fresh cranberries. No, and yeah. Then, uh, it's a little, It's. A, I will admit, it's a little much on the, if you're doing the fresh thing, it's just like, eh, chill yeah, out, yeah. man. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of, a lot of work for, you know, uh, I think also like a, uh, a cream spinach is uh, one I kind of mm. like on the table too. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know, classic dinner roll. Have to have a little bit of that dinner roll to kind of butter up or like, you know, just absorb all the flavors that kind of just get to <laughs> marinate and know each other at the bottom of the plate. Uh, and then I think it is a pecan pie. Hands down, it's a pecan pie. Pumpkin's good. Don't get me wrong. Pecan is just, yeah, it's the winner. Clear as if, day. If I wanted uh, one of the world's worst nuts uh, combined <laughs> with some jelly in a pie crust, uh, no, I'm good. Pumpkin pie, delightful. Can put whipped cream on top. Oh man, unbelievable! <laughs> wow, wow, you can't put whipped cream on top of pumpkin uh, pecan pie. <laughs> it's jelly with nuts in it. No, ugh, no, terrible oh. idea. No, you're mixing too much stuff there. I will say uh, the one thing I did leave out of my plate is my parents usually buy some like really good bread. We don't do the rolls mm. as much, but we do buy like really good bread. And I am a sourdough bread fanatic, yeah, and so I would call. throw some sourdough on the old, and then you can use it for the sandwiches after because the scent. The, the thing that we really got to get to is that the leftovers the next day or like the snack later on, that's when you start making the sandwich thing. And there's just no better thing in the world than that. So, yeah, that's what we got, Joe. What are your thoughts? There you go, Joe. Oh, this is, okay, so I want to caveat this, first of all, by saying um, in no way or shape or form is this a reflection to Mama Dorma or Mama Villani's cooking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to offend any of the women in this, uh, in this conversation. Um, I think... I think Dan had me at two meats. I'm going to be honest here. The turkey and the ham here. And I think, but though the pumpkin pie, I've never had pumpkin pie. I've had oh. pecan pie, oh. but I've never had pumpkin pie. So that that is possibly leaning. I, I might go with Dan's kind of first half of the dinner and then Nick for sort of the dessert. So to be diplomatic, but 
Yeah, the, the the turkey and your ham, the two types of stuffing. Yeah, I think that's that's probably where I'm going to lean to. But one thing, one thing has has really jumped out at me. And as a British person, our like roast dinners are quite savoury. So where we have seen sweet potatoes, and for those of you who are English, we have in in uh, parentheses here we have with marshmallows on top. Now I need I need this explained to me because I can't imagine having marshmallows with like roast turkey. It just seems a very foreign concept to me. It might be one of the things that I have and try, and I'm like, oh, actually, this makes sense. But on a plate with turkey and ham and then marshmallows, I'm confused. Joe, it's yeah, literally it... foreign. We are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a strategy, yeah. It's literally a foreign food to me. <laughs> you know, it just, it, again, it adds a little bit of sweetness to, you know, a, a vegetable that can at times, you know, not have a ton of its own flavor profile. And, you know, you throw maybe a little kind of you know, butter in that in the preparation, too. It just gives you something, uh, okay. a little bit of a different hit on it. But you're not making, you're, you wouldn't, like, cross the streams there, you know. You're, you're not going to, yeah. like, try to destroy the world um, <laughs> Ghostbuster style. I'll tell you, it's it's a lot better than it might look on paper. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the look is, uh, is, is questionable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think now, now that that has been clarified, I'm, I'm going to lean with Dan. The dessert, yeah, I agree with Nick. Nuts and jelly doesn't sound like a wonderful combination, but uh, the turkey and ham combo sold me. So yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to rule in, in favor of Dan on this matter. And, uh-huh. and that, there goes my inv- invitation I'm, I'm to sure, Nick's, I'm uh, sure Nick's uh, next uh, 10 years. I uninvited you, but that's okay. You're always welcome at, at, uh, at the dormer table. Uh, Casa del Dorma. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next one coming up from Jaden, again, Chelsea related, because we have to uh, bounce the, the tables here. Uh, is Kai Havertz low-key our best option at number nine? Look rather physical amidst all his silky touches. Any thoughts? And, uh, you know, Nick, maybe... Yeah, he, he he was putting uh, putting up some bows against Leicester City today when we uh, had a chance to watch him play. Got to get him some more goals to 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 make that case. I think you know it's. I think uh, you know after listening to the Tinkerman podcast that I agree with. You're Joe a man of and, culture, then, aren't you? Yeah, well, as you know, culture I club. Like to, He's part of the culture club. It's what we like to see. I, I like to listen to our own properties. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but no, I think I think Joe and Yaz made some interesting points about his movement versus the way that we've been playing Lukaku, which is you know kind of odd, uh, <laughs> frankly, at the beginning of the season. So I, I mean, I frankly don't know what our what our best option is right now, and I think it's it's more to do Joe with how we play around that person rather than the person itself. Yeah, I think that going back to obviously promoting my own sort of show here, but. Uh, Back to the, the Tinker Men. Um, I think one of the points that Yaz and I made, which is kind of been glossed over a bit because of sort of what's happened and how we played afterwards, but Lukaku played well against Malmo. He mm-hmm. was starting to play a little bit differently to what we've seen, that very kind of static, um, you know, not really moving, kind of beyond the width of the of the D or the penalty area kind of play. Yeah, he's pulling wide. You know, I think Yaz, Yaz would like him to actually play from the right a bit more. It's like, a, I think we use the word like gigantic Mohamed Salah, basically. So the big, the big Salah on the right-hand side, cutting in on his left foot, um, that kind of profile play. And it's where he had a lot of joy for Inter. Um, so I think while, yes, I think Habit certainly kind of aids in that sort of rotation in the front three, he's better at dropping into pockets. I think that helps us build play and link a tiny bit better. I think at the moment it's difficult to say for certain whether that is going to be beneficial or the way we play in the long term. Because I do think I said, you know, for the first, you know, actually probably the entire Malmo game before Lukaku was injured, 
I felt that was more of the kind of player that I've been wanting to see, more involved in build-up, more movement from him, certainly laterally from, from you know, kind of the, the static sort of way we've been using him. And I would have liked to have maybe seen that sort of continue, but obviously Havertz has come in and, and kind of made that sort of position. He's, only, he's, he's kind of like the, the sort of Firmino kind of role, the, the player, you know, at Liverpool. Firmino might still score more goals than him, but it's not necessarily the main... He's not sort of the spearhead of that team in terms of, of attacking output. So, yeah, I think Havertz has, has done well. I thought he played well today, maybe, you know, today in terms of a few opportunities. Um, you know, maybe he could have played played some slightly better passes in certain situations. But, um, yeah, I think he's, he's largely done well. Physically, physically I think he handled the, the challenge um, of, of Leicester's defence pretty well, drew some nice fouls. It was quite some of the free kicks he was earning was quite smart. But I think it's a little bit too premature maybe to write Lukaku off at this point in time, particularly as I said, off the back of what I felt was a really, really good cameo at the beginning of the of the Malmo game, particularly the the movement for the the I think the you know the the foul or the the tackle that ended up in him getting fouled. That sort of put that sort of little period of play was was really, really nice. So don't write him off yet. And the thing as well with Lukaku, you know, we've spoken about this a number of times on on this podcast over the years. We sometimes lack the the flat track bully to banging goals when we're playing mm-hmm. against somebody deep, and those can be the games that have cost us historically over the past couple of seasons, where we've dropped points against teams we shouldn't have, and that is again where Lukaku can help us and thrive. So I think we'll still see rotation. Maybe we might have a bit of, of opposition dependent um, sort of four player there, but um, if Lukaku comes back and we see a progression from that Malmo performance, I think again he could he could come in and fit into this team. Be interesting to see again how he's used. Um, might be a bit different now that we're playing a bit better with with recent and Chill stepping into midfield. Maybe those sort of gaps that we saw that connectivity issue isn't going to be there now. But be be interesting to see nonetheless. But yeah, I think a little bit too soon to say that, that Habits is the guy. Although I would say that he has been has been playing well and he has really kind of made that sort of front through. I think tick at times with his movement and the this ability he has to to link uh sort of all facets of, of chelsea's attacking play all right well uh gabriel with the question nick does christmas start on november 1st so after halloween or is it the day after thanksgiving i have a lot of thoughts on this nothing <laughs> makes me more <laughs> upset <so> serious. <laughs> than fast forwarding through time because you want to listen to mariah carey's christmas song I guys, the the festive period starts the day after Thanksgiving and not one minute beforehand. The the only thing I will forgive is if you're like a if you're in a northern state where it gets super cold super early and you want to put up your your holiday lights or whatever, you know, when it's a nice day out or whatever, no problems. I you know, I I understand the weather is terrible i i lived in in a cold state for a very long time and it you know you kind of just have to take what you're given there but as far as like your indoor decorations your music like you mean listen to it whatever you want but the the official holiday season is like thanksgiving is its own day and then we move on to you know mold wine and all this other stuff so just can we just let each period of time have its own <laughs> moment and not fast forward through it be i i don't know i just just give it some space to breathe that's all the only thing i'll say in in defense of some is that the date <laughs> of our thanksgiving uh which is the fourth thursday uh as i know that uh being born on thanksgiving day in uh, 84 um 
is that it does fluctuate, and sometimes it is very mm-hmm. late in November. So I, I, I concede that point. Uh, also, not everybody celebrates American Thanksgiving. Um, I, I did pull <laughs> up the dates just now for the uh, Winter Wonderland Festival in, in London, and they would determine <laughs> that the gates the there open on the 19th of <laughs> November. I was trying to look for, like, what I couldn't find, like, the specific, like, Christmas market stalls. Um, but I feel like London in Christmas time is, like, one of the best places. So I think that's also a good benchmark to use. It's late November. It has to be late November. So, like, at, at least, you know, a couple weeks. But, again, don't, don't tie yourself to, you know, the calendar to listen to Mariah Carey's Christmas songs. Like, you can do it all year long. Do it in July. Just do don't make me listen to it is all I'm saying. <laughs> listen yeah. to it in your car by yourself. That's fine. But, like, if I'm at Thanksgiving and you're, like, jazzing it up like it's pre-Christmas, no. We're watching football. That is what we're doing. Okay? It's the end. I'm tired of this. <laughs> oh. For the listeners who who maybe just want an insight here, I don't think I've seen Nick this angry in a very long time. <laughs> I, so hate <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I just want us to live Mariah. in the moment. Mariah Carey, damn you! In <laughs> sync Christmas, damn you! <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. It's, it's first of December is the technically the correct answer, but yeah, we'll move on. Yeah, and I would be great with that. <laughs> All right, well, Frenchie asked a Chelsea-related question, which is, is Thiago Silva the most technically gifted player we've seen? Saying, I know Hazard, I know William, uh, but he glides such past a, such people. An insane question. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean, he's he's one of the most technically gifted players, yes, but to say somebody is the most technically gifted player at what defending, at ball striking, at scoring... Yeah. I mean, the, the the literal answer is Idaga Johnson, but I mean, apart from I, I know, I mean, it's, 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 it's pick it's pick pick your pick your period. You know, my my dad would say Charlie Kirk or Peter Oskar. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Zola from from uh, when Zola. I was younger, Idaga oh. Johnson, um, even Lampard. You know, you're talking about a really technically proficient mm-hmm. player, somebody who was like an eight or nine out of ten in most things. John Terry, ability John to Terry. play feet as a defender. There's so many ways to answer this question, but as I say, the literal answer is Ida Johnson. <laughs> are, are we are we forgetting about Juan Mata? Like, I mean, I, yeah, I just, exactly. I mean, yeah, you go, can go literally through all these wonderful sake, players. Like that, uh, Juan Mata could do everything with every foot. Like, yeah, the dude was insane. Uh, I, I, I mean, look, Thiago Silva is an incredible footballer, right? And and should get more credit as a footballer than just a central defender. But man, I mean, if you're lumping them all together, there's he can't be number one. I just, I just don't see how that's feasible. Like Eden Hazard is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, nice. I think Silver, Silver definitely. If we're looking at sort of uh, who who is in the Chelsea Rolls Royce collection, I think Silver is moving yeah, yeah. into there. Like he's yeah. got he's got that Rolls Royce quality about him. Him, Michael Balak, maybe Ruben. You know, Ruben at his peak has that little quality. Ruben is maybe sort of the junior Rolls Royce version at this moment in time. He's maybe just the engine. He needs yep. to develop into a full car. But uh, I think Thiago, yeah, if we're looking at like an aesthetically pleasing, technically, you know, one the four kind of specimen of a player. Smooth. Yeah, I think Thiago, Thiago moves into the Rolls Royce garage, definitely. Yeah, he's been he's been an incredible signing for absolutely nothing. And obviously wages but i mean in terms of what he's done here yeah he's he's been a fantastic player but, is he yeah, the to, most to Nick's point is he the most, most technically team. gifted player on the current squad or in the current squad <sighs> again it's it's so hard to answer because you can look at it from uh, loads of different perspectives 
you know, even goalkeepers are great technically from a goalkeeping, goalkeeping perspective. Petr Cech might be one of the best technically. Well, we've never played him in golf, so we not know. I mean... Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mason's a really technical player. Christian's a really technical player. Ziyech Conte. is a really technical player. Conte doesn't get enough credit for... Yep. for I mean, it's like... And, and then, you know, I think maybe the answer is Havertz, but, like, I, I just it's hard to say like i don't know man i don't know stop asking these hard questions damn it can, can we I say like... who it's not it's probably not timo Werner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean fair fair enough or, just uh, just so nick didn't have to say or Timmy Burner. for the team now. um okay well how about this one from classic 86 ashley what are some of the items on the black friday shopping list you're excited to get deals on Nick, are you a Black Friday shopper? Uh, I'm not. I'm, I might pick up something if I, if I just randomly see it. But I, it's I, again, this whole holiday is about food and football for me. It's not about shopping. Um, so if I like, if I need to go in for a gift for someone or something, I'll you know I'll peruse Amazon or I'll peruse a number of things. Or if I if I need like a new coat or something, I'll kind of wait till that period. But uh, I did pick up something that was like a pre Black Friday uh, special that I'm super excited about, um, and that is a uh, it's called a Siberian cleaver knife. Uh, I don't have like a very good, so I know it sounds weird. I don't have a very good like collection of knives, and while cooking, uh, if you cook oh, at okay. all, okay, sorry, I've took that completely the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, like I yeah. Yeah. Um, got really excited by Nick. Yes, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm planning on going on a murdering spear, and I didn't yeah. have quite have the right kind of cleaver I didn't have to the uh, right, attack people. Yeah, I mean, a butter knife gets stuck too often, you know. Um, no, but I don't have a really good knife, and so I bought a really good knife finally. Okay, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, uh, I like Joe, that. Yeah, that's cool. Is there any type of um, equivalent in the uh, the UK or Europe for the the holiday shopping season? Uh, I mean, I think the the Black Friday stuff is quite new to us over here. Um, I, I, I'm not quite got into the cleaver buying uh, sort of part of my of my life yet as a person. Um, um, I appreciate I appreciate knife as much as the next man, but Tis maybe the not. Season, Joe, it is exactly yeah. I don't know if I would ever be able to specifically say that something was a cleaver. Although yeah, technically it's I was like very happy big, with that. It's like the big knife, just yeah, cuts through it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I would get that. Um, I'm trying to think last the last purchase probably no probably pre pre black friday um i'm quite a big converse guy so i, I bought myself some custom converse which really they're just mm. off white color basically so um yeah converse and i bought myself a new pair of vans as well because again i sort of wear them into the ground so um probably those two and again yeah in terms of this being like a a i suppose in the uk it's like black friday is the festival it is the holiday mm. um but no, I've, I've not really seen anything at the moment so i was debating about whether to get a, a new monitor but uh i'm keeping the one that i've got at the moment holding well, fire you know. on that i mean that, that that's uh that's the sensible thing to do you know i think uh i'll look for uh you know maybe a new uh new, new down jacket here uh preparation for the trip but uh you know i mean Generally, you know, the, the deals aren't as great as they are uh, meant to seem from uh, from a retailing background perspective. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so we have one here from Sam, which is both Chelsea and Thanksgiving related. But before that, we're going to take a real quick break. And we want to thank these sponsors for financially supporting the show. And then we'll be right back and answer that. All right, so we're back. And Sam's question here. What is your Chelsea starting eleven if every player were a Thanksgiving food? What? 
Example, Conte is gravy because he is smooth. He covers everything. Put him anywhere on the plate slash pitch, and he's good. Kovacic, turkey, doesn't really add anything, but kind of... Come on, come on. It just makes the plate complete. Sam just has a beef, and he wanted a creative way to slag (laughs) off Kovacic. Um, This is apparently my burner account, apparently. Let's just do a combined 11 here, because it's going to take too long to do one uh, for each of us. Um, who is our who's our turkey or meat? Is that is that Lukaku? Is it just because he's he's like I don't know. Are you saying he's meaty? A, a staple? <laughs> like a, I'm thinking of like a staple type player. Or seeing more of the stuffing. It might be Rudiger. If Rudiger's Rudiger's the, the only ever present, and I'm assuming like turkey isn't every present in, in Thanksgiving. Or is it not? <laughs> Turkey's like the traditional Yeah meat that you have but again we're americans are so non-traditional these days it's like you know again a bunch of people in kids city cook brisket all day and that's fine by me (laughs) um (laughs) i don't know man this is hard so i Uh, I think i think stuffing goes to reese james because oh okay i like that like there's a a a weight to it but it also is just absolutely dominates beginning and end of the the dish (laughs) Uh, you'll feel really good about uh, your decision there. I want to give N'Golo Conte sweet potatoes because he's so nice. Aw, there you go. I like that. Yeah. But does he have the marshmallow top, though? This is critical for my understanding. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. <laughs> that, that added dose of sweetness. Um, what do we have? What's What's the thing that nobody really likes? But is sort of... Cr- cranberry sauce, for sure. Uh, cranberry sauce is a huge divisive issue among people. So who, who would that be as if it's a divisive? Who would that be as a Chelsea player? Uh, currently, uh, Hakim Ziyech. Probably. Yeah. Ziyech, Ziyech is cranberry Or Pulisic. I mean, Pulisic's pretty divisive, No, too. no, no. It's, it's, it's Ziyech. What's this? Mm. I mean, oh, you know, you know what you missed, Dan? What? For a role, you could have done Rolls Reese. Uh, yeah, but I mean, roles are kind of like, you know, they're they're on the, I think a role right now would be like a Ross Barkley. Like, he's there, he pops up, and you're excited, you know, when he can do something really positive. But he's not the star of the show, you know, but he can he can be a valuable contributor. This is, I, I like I like how this is getting a lot of thoughts as well. <laughs> I know. I, now I'm trying to, like, pick it apart a little bit. You know, green bean casserole, it's a, it's a side dish, right? But it uh, has kind of immense uh, flavor and value. It's, uh, it's mm. complex. It is divides opinions i think it's a Jorginho. Mm, okay i, I could see that Jorginho's cream bean casserole <laughs> i would say like mentioned earlier for gravy due to smoothness that has to be tiago silva right yeah oh yeah, yeah. there you go yeah i like that one yeah that's, that's turkey a, that's a good Tur- i feel like turkey is a big important one that, that's not being covered you know i think you could go um mendy you could you could go hmm because he's just he's he's there he's a staple you know you you would never want to see anything else because it's just it's tradition yeah I I think Mendy that's that's look at that good, the non good, good the non American figuring it out and uh, <laughs> and kind of bringing the uh, bringing the plate together um, man your your pumpkin pie Nick who wins the uh, the the pumpkin pie honors is that very American pumpkin pie is that like a super american thing i've not yeah. i've not heard of that before i yeah. think so yeah i, I has mean to, that has to be cp10 come on yeah probably yeah he, he has to wave the flag yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> i'm trying to think what lukaku would be in this whole thing is he like mashed potatoes or something 
Ooh, because he got oh oh yes because like he can you know like the mashed potatoes kind of sit there like they they stick to your sides right mm. you know and like the way he can kind of just get on a defender and like you know bust him off he kind of gets get stuck on him yep. um yeah I think I think that's good mashed mashed potatoes going to uh going to the Belgian <laughs> and then a, a nice a nice holiday cocktail you got to give to chili right because it'll be chili oh, there you go. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, is there any other player that's missing that you want one for? Uh, there, there, Joe. Do um. Oh, um. Let's have a think. What would what would Timo Werner be, Nick? I need to know this. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Brussels sprouts, but I'm trying to think of like what's the most like hit German... hit and miss. What was like a hit and miss thing? Uh, Mostly hit miss. Thing. For me, that's began by. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, trying to think of like, what are some other dish like? Because I know people have a lot of different stuff. For yeah, I mean, it might be like a like a candy jams or something. Mm. Oh, candy jams, um, they sound horrific. Yes, Timo. Um, I mean, that, that that's. I mean, some people do mac and cheese. You know, mm. like. You're not expecting it, and uh, and sometimes it can deliver, but you know it has uh, varying extremes of uh, yeah. success and failure. I don't know. I think we've done enough here. Like, the, the, you're not going to do the whole squad, but I think we have some pretty decent picks. You know, there you go. Well, uh, you're welcome, Sam. We we figured it out for you. We broke the code. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll take another one of the Chelsea questions here. Uh, we have one from Craig who is asking: Our wingbacks have been so strong, but how do we focus the power of our attack through Lukaku? So he's trying to help us fix the uh, Chelsea's Death Star here and wants us to do it and figure out how we get uh, get Lukaku firing again once he returns in. Um, I think you you probably just put him into this this system. I think first and foremost, as I said, I'll, I'll lean a tiny bit on on what was said earlier about Lukaku in the Malmo game, but. I think that was certainly the beginnings of something a lot more positive with how he was being used. I think the main the main thing really is that we we can't just use him as a static target man. I think that that is more the rather than how we're going to get him firing or how we're going to feature him in the team, using him back to goal, just playing the ball into him and looking for second balls is not the best way to to utilize and, and play to his strengths. Um, I would like to see a lot more of him playing from the right hand side and and also sort of being a being a spearhead. Um, but just giving him the flexibility and, and maybe the the sort of tactical um, sort of instructions to be able to not just play on the on the last shoulder. Um, yes, you know that that style of play worked very well against Arsenal. Um, that sort of posting up that he was doing, but it's not going to work in every game. And teams have already started to cut off that passing angle into him. So um, yeah, let him be let him be more flexible. Um, I think that the the way that he would link necessarily with someone like Callum. Um, and, and Kai and Mason, etc. in those positions, I think that you need to find the right balance of players around him. But with the way that Chilwell and uh, and Reese are playing at the moment, I would like to see, yeah, Lukaku sort of just benefit from the, the the great structure that's behind him right now. I think sometimes we we kind of overthink it a tiny bit with Lukaku. Um, just put him in the team. I'm fairly certain that he'll start scoring goals and, and start being a, a positive um, asset in terms of how we're playing. But yeah, I mean, obviously we need to get him back from from the injury and get him get him back to to match speed really before we can start making any sort of real uh, concrete conclusions on on how to get the best out of him. But the one thing I will say, and again, I'll say it time and time again, the the way that we use him as a static player, 
the less we do that, the better he'll be. Okay. Well, uh, a Bill of Rights uh, asking a really important question. It's going to make or break his year, potentially. Uh, Siskin, what are some good Christmas presents ideas for my girlfriend? Uh, I'm really struggling with ideas and time is starting to run out. Uh, it did indicate that it was a, a $60 uh, potential range at the moment for this uh, this <laughs> gift. So, uh, keeping that in mind, Nick, where where does your head go immediately? Bill of Rights, your first mistake was coming to us. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, um, not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Um, I, I will sixty dollars. Like, man, oh no. Can, can I just say one thing definitely not to buy? Do not get your girlfriend a voucher. That is the one recommendation. Uh, yeah, a gift card. Yeah, no, yeah a gift card, voucher, whatever. What, just do not do that. That's my one piece of advice here because it's like the most thoughtless gift that you can possibly give someone. It's literally what I buy people in Secret Santa. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I think, you know, um, I, I mean, like some type of like... Uh, thing that you can do together like an, an mm. activity or uh you know like a, <laughs> a like a like a course like or something that. um using some of the spend on yourself in sort of really well, kind you know, of cool way you'll, you'll enjoy together and uh, yeah. you know so that you value the the time that you spend together um would be a, a good kind of way to to take that um okay yeah my, like a, my major tip i think here is if you have a 60 dollars budget get lots of small things that are poignant and and that she will enjoy mm. you don't have to think of one one particular gift if you can't think of one single thing that think of things that she likes doing or things that she enjoys and lots of small little presents in like a little gift box type thing. Loads of little things to open rather than one big, one big present. That would be my my advice there. And apparently we're now a dating column. So uh, Nick, we need to, we need to change <laughs> how we're, we're approaching Posing. Yeah, Ask right, yeah, so, Lainey should be the new segment. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm having a bunch of success with that right now. So <laughs> um, look, I was trying, I'm trying to be creative about this, right? Um, I think... What you should do is plan a trip to London and her gift will be the $60 match day ticket to go see Chelsea play with you and enjoy the experience. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Move Just on. don't do a Homer and buy her a bowling ball. That's my one memory from childhood. I, uh, I don't think they have tickets that cheap anymore, Nick. So, uh, sure, sure they do. <laughs> or whatever. Um. Okay, so that that's a uh, that's what we have as recommendations. Struck out, man. Helps. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the the champions of fucking Europe asked the question: uh, Our wingers <laughs> haven't been their best a lot, and the rumors of Hakeem leaving. It's about Pulisic being happy. What is your take on Oyarzabal as a potential signing? Not a lot of rumors linking him to bigger clubs, and he's quality. Uh, Joe, do you, do you have a the Joe Tweed scouting report? And uh, is this a player we should be considering or thinking about? I mean, he, he he's an interesting player. I would I would have concerns and maybe reservations about adapting to the Premier League. Um, very technically proficient. I mean, incredibly technically proficient, actually. He's probably doing it with his service. He's a very, very good and I think creative player, very good dribbler. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would have, yeah, I mean, to, to keep this on short and sweet, I would have reservations about how he would adapt to, to the Premier League. Um and yeah, I mean, in terms of, of seeing his name linked with other clubs, he's not a name that I see particularly frequently and talking about sort of bigger clubs in, in, yeah. in Spain and abroad there. Um, I think he's I think it's one of those that he's a very nice footballer to watch. He's a nice player, but whether he would have uh, an impact at, at Chelsea, um, I don't know. And again, I, I kind of sort of weight this with we've had players come in from, from Germany. We've seen Spanish players come in, et cetera, to the Premier League. 
I don't know whether he would be able to physically adapt to the way that teams play here. And it's not it's not a, a question of saying he's a bad footballer. It's just you have to have some sort of kind of physical quality to to, to make it in the Premier League. We've, we've seen lots of flashy wingers get kicked off the pitch. and You don't, you don't get the same level of treatment. So that, that would be my one concern. But yes, yeah. a, a good player. I would, I would just say for those who don't know who we're talking about, Real Sociedad winger, 250 appearances at the age of 24, which is a lot. Um, and so you'd expect him to move by now, Nick. I would say as well, yeah. if he was, if he was a really, you know, really exciting player in Spain, one of the other clubs probably would have snapped him up. He, 70 goals in his career as well, but he's he's just now getting uh, starting to get called up to to the Spanish national team as well. So that you know, you know, perhaps he'll he'll be on some other teams' radars, but yeah, maybe maybe not for us. Tom asking random hypothetical: You're stuck traveling on Thanksgiving and forced to create a Thanksgiving feast from only fast food. What do you get? Can be from multiple restaurants. Ooh. Okay. Uh, we, we we did have a uh, a discussion about this, and uh, I think that Boston Market has to be off the table because it really yeah uh, come on that's for, just like for cheating. you maybe uh, Boston Market is a, uh, a mostly kind of forgotten chain now in the United yeah. States where it was basically a rotisserie chicken restaurant where you could also get uh, turkey and basically a whole uh, Thanksgiving meal every day of the year. Are we are we <laughs> lim- so like let's define fast food right? Uh, is Chipotle like you're ordering fast Chipotle. food? Yeah, no, I would I would say drive through like only like okay, drive most of the places only. are not going to have you know the open dining room on a Thanksgiving day. Okay, so there there are not many places that do turkey, uh, you know, fast food. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous <laughs> to say fast food turkey. Um, so I I will start off and I will say the meat um, that I would that I would choose. I would go with some sort of like chicken tender. As my like, <laughs> as my like mainstay meat because it's probably the closest thing that you could get to get to turkey. I think <laughs> Who does like, the best chicken tender? I'm well, asking like questions. A, a Popeye's bucket or something of that nature. Uh, like, I think I'd go raising canes. Probably is my favorite okay. chicken, but that's like a local thing in the Midwest. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're traveling, so I'm kind of also taking, like, trying to take like regional chains out of it because I think yeah. like Bojangles is a really good one from the oh. south, but. They they don't necessarily exist everywhere, but their biscuits would be like an, an absolute must for, um, yeah. I mean, I think for your, I mean, maybe like McDonald's fries, it's like your potato side, you get your kind of starch <laughs> in there. Like it just oh, makes you can sense. do KFC has mashed potatoes though. KFC does have mashed potatoes. Uh, KFC, I feel like, is kind of the the cheat code on this one because they've yeah, got yeah, they definitely are yeah. um, mashed potatoes and gravy. They've got biscuits. I mean, you probably could do you know a, a pretty Everything. easy. Easy yeah. Thanksgiving. Uh, you don't want to cook. Can, I, can I interject too. slightly here? Just just for any UK listeners, a biscuit is a savoury scone. There you go. Just so oh, it's not, sorry. We're not yeah, talking, yeah, we're not talking about cookies here. Just Our in case I was getting confused. <laughs> yeah, mm, nothing like mashed potatoes and a biscuit. Cookie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you probably cheat your way through that. I, I would say, though, if there was some sort of like in and out animal fries situation, mm. I would be all over that. You know, I also think maybe, you know, if you're doing the fast food kind of thing, like, you know, and I, I kind of said, like, take out, you know, pizza places, you know, I mean, that's pr- pretty easy. I mean, they're actually just going to deliver it right to you. So, I mean, that's an option as well. I'd be interested in the closest thing you could get to a Thanksgiving pizza, but that's another question for another day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think you're, you're going, uh, you basically try to pick all the ingredients that would go into stuffing and place those as your your toppers 
I think not everyone likes this idea, so just chill out. I think you'd have to do some sort of gravy for the sauce, right? And and then you could start to like figure it out from there. Maybe a little. I like cranberry, but maybe I'd do a little cranberry on top or something like that. Be interesting, you know, if anybody did like a Chicago deep dish style, like Thanksgiving oh. pizza. Oh, like that, that's that a good be, idea. Like with mashed potatoes <laughs> as like your main, like Fuck you know, kind of like filling item. But then, like the the, the turkey kind of goes on the bottom. Yeah, a little stuffing in there. It sounds like Gets a pitch. Top of the gravy. It sounds like a pitch waiting to happen. <laughs> Giordano's, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, oh uh, the new sponsor the, next week. The idea is available. Uh, okay, so we're going to do some lightning round questions real quick, and then we're going to give thanks kind of at the end of this episode as well. Uh, lightning round. Um, Andrew Turner asking, can we play in the yellow kit every week, please? What's the verdict, Nick for Laney? No. Okay, done. Easy. You're welcome, Andrew. RQY, uh, RY88, Joe Tweeds, is it even a stretch to call Reese James the best player in the world right now? No, and the greatest player of all time. Next. <laughs> done. Easy. <laughs> Jeff Jokes Daddy with the natural wine, if so, what kind? Nick Verlaney. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a wine drinker and certainly not a natural wine drinker. I will say for Friendsgiving today, I am making mold wine for the first time. So I am very excited about that. And uh, I'll let you know how it goes. And uh, Joe tweets, uh, Matthew, the question, what game do we win the league? <sighs> what a, how is, what a how is this quest? a lightning round question? Yeah. I, have to know, I have to go and do research. You know what I'm like? I have to do research and stuff. Um, it's a trick question. We've already played okay. it because we're never going to drop out of first place for the remainder of the season. It's easy. It's the easiest question okay. we got all day. We will win it at the first available opportunity. So the first chance we get, we'll win it then. And I don't know when that will be, but I'm going to say January. <laughs> I've got <Whoa>. aggressive. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, maybe, was, maybe maybe February. I was looking. I actually think it would be pretty sweet if this happened um, because I think it's going to be a pretty tight title race. Away at Leeds United. Oh, that, his, yeah, that would be special. On, his, on the sixteenth of April would be a would be a real fun way to <laughs> would be a real fun way to win the title. It would be nice to win it early enough that we can give a lot of the really talented academy players a run through the team. I think that that is the that's like, dreamland for sure. That is like the sneaky good thing. Like I, I also think Tuchel is so competitive; he might not do a ton of it. <laughs> <laughs> He'll one like, debut. No, no, you're allowed just, one debut. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed ten minutes. Uh, and um, but I, I think that would be really, really cool. It'd be nice to just kind of uh, not stress it all the way to the last game of the season. Um, okay, so th- that was the mailbag questions, and then uh, typically, Nick, we've ended these episodes with you know it's it's the Thanksgiving period, a little bit of a reflective moment for us, just to kind of uh, say thank you, thank you to listeners, thank you to friends, thank you to family. Uh, we'll kind of let you opine for a moment yeah I, I think we can we can go around i think there are probably multiple rounds of thanks that we can give here so I'm, I'm happy to kind of bat it around a little bit um my first bit of thanks is to a wonderful friend of the show jason ulner uh for giving us the chance to go to porto in may and you know he had enough loyalty points to to you know scrounge some tickets up for us uh, they were they were not cheap, but we were we were on the plane anyway, and we got there and had the the best time of our lives uh, in May during the middle of this pandemic. And uh, you know, it, it's really cool to see you know the community come together. We we had met him in London a bunch. Him and his daughters, you know, were, were always uh, good uh, go to the Chelsea matches while we were there. So uh, just first thanks to him and and to Andrew McDougall as well, who 
we made up the uh, the Porto Five, as it were. Um, and uh, and look, <laughs> I, it's just not, it's something I will never forget. It's amazing. Dan, what about you? Ooh, um, look, I think you know um, we we dedicate a lot of time to to doing this, and so mm-hmm. I think to. Um, you know, our significant others, our family members who all understand um, how important what we do on the, the show is to us. Um, and you know, also to, to the people who listen. And, uh, you know, I think we, we, we reviews from time who people talking about how this is, how they get through their workday or how they maybe, com- you know, when they commute back and forth and where they listen to it and how it's become a part of their lives. You know, I, I'm really appreciative of the family and friends and loved ones who understand like what this means to us, what it means to other people and uh, how they continue to support us through that. Um, you know, we're going to be in London in a very short time and it's going to be nice that, uh, you know, uh, my, my wife, Terry will be there and, you know, we get a chance to, you know, kind of celebrate, you know, this, uh, this accomplishment of another great season of the show with, uh, with her and with the group. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Friends, family, loved ones is always kind of top of mind for me. Yeah, they they put up with quite a bit and are yeah. flexible to meet all of the crazy ass scheduling demands. I mean, we're scheduling podcasts with people uh, nine hours ahead of of where I live now, <laughs> and it's just you know it's it's a worldwide effort. But Joe, what what are you what are you thankful for during this time? Yeah, this is a uh, this is an interesting one for me. I, I think I'll, I'll probably reflect a little bit on maybe the past eighteen months, but I think for the you know opportunity to to become more of a prominent part of, uh, of London is blue I think certainly during the pandemic definitely helped with my my sanity um being able to chat to you guys and, and sort of the community as a whole um you know I, I see a lot of of people who haven't necessarily had any sort of outlet whatsoever um and how that has affected them mentally and their mental health and just mm-hmm. their the general well-being so I think from my perspective you know this is something that I really enjoy doing uh, I love talking about Chelsea I love talking about Chelsea with you guys um and yeah, I think probably I would say thankful for that, that now that we are heading to, or starting to veer, let's say, towards a little bit kind of more of a normal time, you know, the last 18 months, I think this this podcast has been a really good outlet for me to not lose myself in uh, in Switzerland and in Denmark when I was there. And, you know, it's been a, it's been really positive from, from that respect. So maybe a slightly wider reflection there. And uh, other thing I'm thankful for, I would say, is well, probably Thomas Tuchel. I know it's quite a sad one here, but, you know, for, for God, you know, people who listen to this show, Chelsea is such an enormous part of our, our day-to-day lives. Um, you know, he has come in and, and absolutely transformed this football club into a, a world powerhouse. Um, you know, as you, as you guys were, were, you know, there in, in Porto, that moment and then that sort of momentum being carried on, having somebody who is uh, both an excellent football coach but also comes across as such a decent, probably, you know, like really, really decent quality guy, is is nice to have that at sort of the, the helm of the football club. So, yeah, small small thanks to, to Mr. Tuchel as well. Um, but, yeah, as I say, for me, it's it's been uh, great being a part of this and certainly thankful and hopefully that that, uh, that continues into the future as well. Yeah, we'll rattle right off a couple more here because you know, I'm I'm feeling generous, damn it. Um, uh, Brandon Busby's not a part of this episode, but uh, you know he's our brother, and you know we certainly know each one of us has kind of taken on a different part of the the organization of the of the empire that we're building, and he's certainly been doing uh, the Lord's work on some of the um, some of the more operational pieces of our show, and and really appreciate that. Um, I would say I'm really thankful for the fans who were there uh, during the European Super League protests. Mm. I, I think, yeah, you know, look, 
you could say a lot about how the club mishandled that, but I think the fans have have always had their hearts in the right place when it comes to that. And I hope that, again, the, I hope the whole point of this is that the club gets closer to the fans and not further away. Um, and then I will say this for, for the listeners of our show and, and for the listeners of all of the new shows that we have produced over the last um, year, uh, you know, especially over the last six months, uh, the fact that we're seeing such great numbers come in and that you guys are diverse, diversifying your listening portfolio a little bit from the men's first team to the tactics show or to the, the Chelsea women's show that we stood up with Abdullah and Jesse um, or Chelsea youth and, and all the updates there. It just shows that this community is is strong and that it is about more than just the men's first team. And I'm really appreciative of that because there's, you know, what we're trying to do is just show how great of a club Chelsea Football Club is. And that is the whole club is doing really, really great right now. So, um, you know, for those who kind of took a risk and, and got away from the our normal dulcet tones, Dan, uh, I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it would be incumbent then to, uh, you know, be thankful for the working relationships we have with Jesse, Abdullah, mm-hmm. Phil, um, Ishan, who's been working hard on our social side, Jake, who will be in London with us, who is the uh, editor of our show and uh, spends many nights uh, fixing this to sound uh, as, as good as it does uh, the majority of the time. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Joe is, is a part of that too. Yaz with the way he's come in with, uh, mm-hmm. what we're doing with the Tinkerman, um, all of the extremely wonderful guests. Uh, I mean, Naz, who we'll hopefully see Matt Law this year has been, um, you know, in the last uh, year and a half now has been a really wonderful addition to the family. And we'll, we're going to be meeting up with him for a, uh, a boozy lunch, as I boozy believe we're lunch. calling it, yes. um, instead of a boozy brunch. Um, you know, uh, the, the, you know, people at the at the uh, club for some of the access we had to, to Simon mm-hmm. from the foundation, from uh, helping us connect with uh, Lee, who we just spoke with recently about Chelsea's work during the pandemic. Royal um, Bruntland. Royal Bruntland. There, there's just, you know, I, I think we will always forget names. Um, but, you know, I think at the end, it's all about, you know, the people who listen at the end of the day and uh, give us a. Uh, Give us uh, recognition, but also tell us where we can improve and, and do things better and um, help us to kind of create a show that's really, um, you know, we, we record it, but it's for and it, it's really almost you know, at this point owned by the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I mean, we've had a lot to be thankful for in the midst of a lot of tough times. Right. Yeah. And um, let's just keep building and growing. I mean, we're, we're putting in the work um, to, to be better. We hope that you guys are are noticing that because it's certainly a, a huge uh, time commitment for us. But yeah, it's our goal to make this show the best it can be and to, and to foster the most inclusive atmosphere that we can. And, uh, you know, if you're a part of that, if you're a part of our discord, if you're a part of our, you know, Twitter, uh, conversations, um, just, yeah, thank you so much for, for allowing us to do this. I mean, it's uh, it's been a slow a slow growth over the last seven and a half years going into year eight, but uh, we're really picking up steam now and we're proud of it. Well, that I think is going to do it. So for our American listeners, which is the vast majority, uh, we hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and are enjoying time with friends, family, or loved ones uh, as you can. If you're uh, one of our many uh, international listeners. Uh, we just hope that you had a great day and uh, that you enjoyed normal this Friday fun episode that we did. That's a little <laughs> off the beaten path. Uh, we'll be back 
for a Manchester United match review, which we don't even know now if Ole will be manager. That is just that is an open question if they will continue to weather the storm. Um, But thank you for listening. Thank you for the time. Uh, Until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying.